Hey y'all, welcome back to When Autumn Comes. Before we dive into this episode, I want to introduce you to our episode sponsor. Today, our episode sponsor is actually our guest. The sponsor of this episode is Children's Therapy Concepts, LLC. CTC is a pediatric therapy company that offers all the things that most of our children need. PT, OT, ST, feeding therapy, all the things that we all do way too often with our kiddos. Today, Kim and I are going to dive into what led her into being a therapist. I share things that as a parent that I would want my child's therapist to know and vice versa. I'm really excited because this is a conversation that, you know, we don't usually get to sit down with our kids' therapists and have real conversations. So welcome, Kim. And thank you for being the sponsor of this episode. Hi, I'm Susan, and this is When Autumn Comes. Look, sometimes life just looks a little different than we thought it would. This is a podcast for mamas and the people who love them, whose lives were flipped upside down as a doctor looked into her eyes and explained our child's prognosis. Or for the caregivers who get very little sleep as they face symptoms and behaviors that just aren't typical for other children. This is a place where we can take on this journey together because we know that this can be a sad, lonely, misunderstood path. But we also know that as the darker days and colder temperatures begin to appear, so do the golden leaves and beautiful sunsets of autumn. We know that life comes in seasons. We know that in our world, 24 hours can hold so much change that it can feel like four seasons in one day. We are here to help you share your story, let you laugh, let you cry, help you learn and help you grow together with other mothers when autumn comes. When Autumn Comes podcast is a program of the Apricity Hope Project, a nonprofit organization created to empower, encourage and restore caregivers of medically complex children. You can learn more about our project at apricityhope.org. Hi, Kim, and welcome to When Autumn Comes. We are excited to have you here. And for those listening, Kim is not a caregiver of medical... I mean, she does care for a lot of us, but Kim is not a caregiver of a medically complex kiddo. She cares for a lot of kiddos in a different way. Kim is a physical therapist, and she runs her own company, with PT, OT, ST, and feeding. Is there any other T's that I'm missing? No, that is all the therapy that we do provide. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about you and, like, why did you become a therapist? What led you to this point? Well, thank you for having me on. And I have been a physical therapist for 15 years now, I believe. I originally started out in the hospital setting and really loved it. And then I made a change due to just... My family was growing, so I started in early intervention and did some outpatient therapy services and just really fell in love with early intervention. I like the model of it. It's a lot of like the family and the therapist working together versus you bringing me your child and expecting me to fix everything. And then at the end of the hour, things don't last forever. So I really enjoyed the coaching model with early intervention and have been doing it for the past 13 years. So for people who are not local, I know that early intervention is what we call it. Isn't it called other things in other places? Like uh, infant toddler connection of Virginia. Like, well, no, I think like my friends in Pennsylvania, they call early intervention. So different states call it different things. So early intervention, 
just for those who are not local, is when therapists come into the home for like zero to three. Well, not zero. You weren't here before Benji was born. But I was technically <laughs> in your house. <laughs> you were. You were for another child. But I assume not all of us are double double moms <laughs> like I am. But so you, for early intervention, come in and you work with new parents with new babies and you help them learn skills to help them exceed. Yeah, and progress through development and that sort of thing. So there's multiple ways to be a part of early intervention. It can be like a diagnosed condition if depending on the state and the location that you're at, like a NICU stay of more than 28 days in Virginia actually allows you to automatically qualify for early intervention. Oh, I didn't realize that. So there's a lot of different, if you were born prior to 28 weeks, if you have a genetic uh, chromosomal difference, then that would automatically qualify you. So there's multiple things that will automatically qualify you. And then each state sets up a different amount as to what is acceptable to their program. So in Virginia... Gotcha. You have to have a diagnosed condition. You have to have a 25% delay or something atypical. And something atypical would be you have low muscle tone, like kids we see that are toe walkers. That's not your typical characteristic of a child. So we would potentially see them for toe walking. And so with early intervention, like my kids both were birthed out of me, birthed out of NICU, and then birthed into your program. But some kids can be added or yes yeah, so like some kids maybe they're they were born full term or maybe they only spent two weeks in the NICU but there were obviously some concerns if a family has a concern or if the doctor has a concern whoever can call and say hey I have a concern about x y and z my my child's not drinking from the bottle as well as I think they should be so it could be at like two years old they can be added yeah, into the. so okay. anybody can come at any point in time as long as they're under the age of three and then you can always request an assessment. And like if you meet with the team of therapists and service coordinator, then they feel that there isn't a concern, then you you would at least have that information to move on. There's absolutely no charge for any of the evaluations. It's just simply for the therapy services. And depending on where you are, they can bill insurance or it could be a cost of because it's a state and federally funded program. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then... You you got into this because you loved EI, and then that led you to me. No, <laughs> so that led you to, basically, no, but that led you to eventually opening your own practice. Yes. So I created Children's Therapy Concepts a little over five years ago. Initially, it was kind of meant to be small and for it just to be a few therapists and maybe like one person to take care of billing because I really don't like paperwork. And we were, you know, just going to do the best that we can do for the families that we worked with and really just provide quality care. We're now going on set almost six years into it, and we're like 60 therapists deep. And we've also added outpatient facilities in Franklin, Chesapeake, and Salem, Virginia. And that was because a lot of families were like, we really like the style of therapist that you have. We like the support that you've provided us. You've made a good connection. I've had other therapists and it wasn't working. So we went ahead and started opening up outpatient centers where we still somewhat kind of go by that coaching idea. Like therapy is supposed to be teamwork. You're the parent. I'm just the person that's providing you with the suggestions and ideas of things to do so that you can get your child where they need to be and where you want them to be. Yeah. And I will say as somebody who spent the last 
two and a half years doing coaching through the internet. In-person coaching with the parent and the kid is so much better. I'm so tired (laughs) of virtual virtual therapy. And I Benji, I can I don't know about you, but I can tell a difference of Benji between we I mean, we just opened our home up like three months ago. So like I can tell a difference in him in the last three months just having therapists back in person with us. Being able to give you better suggestions of things and really us being able to see him and see how he's doing. I definitely feel like telemed has a, a point in place. There are definitely families and I'm really glad we had it while we were dealing with COVID and that sort of thing. But I do think it for some services, especially when it comes to PT, sometimes it's like, it'd be really nice if I could put my hands on that kid and show the parent a better way to position them and that sort of thing. And as a parent, I want to just give you my child, but like here, you do the work. But I, I mean, with the coaching model, I do appreciate that. I'm included and that you're saying, okay, here's how to do this like in your home, like go get a laundry basket and put your kid in the hamper and let's try this. And you're not using big pieces of equipment. I know when with Lorelai, we went to a larger place, a larger, um, what's the word I want to use? A larger organization mm-hmm. initially. And they used a lot of equipment that we couldn't have at home. So then you can't replicate it. You can't practice it. Exactly. Or one thing that I always think is really kind of funny when I meet families that have done outpace, they are like, oh, I went and bought this toy and this toy and this toy and I got this toy and they just got this toy at the therapy center. So we're going to buy it too. I'm like, I mean, do they even like any of these toys? Like we don't, it's not about the toy. It's about what you have in your environment. Which is good because a lot of parents are like, I don't have time to go to the store to pick up things or I don't have, you know, the means to be able to get 55 toys off of Amazon. So it's it's a lot yeah. of these things are not necessarily needed and you don't need, you know, parents are like, oh, my goodness, I need to put this swing up in my in my living room. I'm like, I mean, there's other ways we can do that. You don't necessarily need to go that route. Sometimes you do because kids yeah. get bigger and you can't do things with them like. Benji has equipment. He has equipment because we can't legitimately sit there for hours on end making him sit or making him stand and that sort of thing. But when we were little, we started out with those typical baby things um, Mm -hmm. or adjusted them to make them a good fit for him. And let's not tell Benji that some people have swings in their living room because he would want one. He would demand (laughs) it. Like, absolutely. So what as a therapist? The way our show works is it's oftentimes medical caregivers coming on here telling their stories. And one of the things that I have loved about When Autumn Comes is that practitioners of all sorts, doctors, nurses, therapists, et cetera, have all said, I love your show because I get to hear the perspective from the parents Mm -hmm. that I don't normally get to hear. So now with you being a therapist here, I want to hear about your perspective of things. Like, what would you want parents to know? Like, whether they're earlier in their journey or later, what are some things that, like, we as parents whose children need therapy, what what should we know? I think kind of right off the bat, a big thing is, is parents being able to express, like, one, what is your concern? Like, if you've gone, and this is even if you go to your pediatrician and you're like, I'm really concerned they're... 10 months old and not sitting up or they're 12 months old and not able to eat table food yet. 
or I'm really concerned because when they do roll over, they can't stay on their tummy for very long. Making sure that you're expressing those concerns and if someone's not acting on it, you're finding those resources to be able to act on it. There's a lot of times we get referrals that are like late in the game. Like we were talking about, it's a two-year-old that's, Mm -hmm. you know, not talking when you should be talking closer to 18 months, you know, actual words and having a significant amount of words to be able to communicate your wants and needs. Or like kids who are 12 months old and they should have been rolling, sitting, curling, pulling the stand and they're not. So I think really like if you have a concern, like they're, that's your child. It's not my kid. I'm not going to be able to say, yeah, you should have done this five months ago. But I think the big thing is, is if you feel like someone's not hearing you, go find somebody who will listen to you. And that across the board, not just physical, not just therapies, but like genetics, all of them, like there's so many times in this journey where it's like nobody's listening to me. Mm -hmm. And I think I struggle because I'm a people pleaser. And I often let my people pleasing trump my mom gut that's like screaming, something's not right, something's not right. And when a therapist that we had who wasn't with your company, you know, wasn't specifically listening to me, it was like, no, like, I think we can do different. I think we can do better. But I was letting her do whatever she needed to do. And I should have been like, hey, like, this isn't working or I'm really concerned about Lorelai doing X, Y, Z. And it's okay for people to speak up about that stuff. Definitely. And I think that's a big thing. Like you just said, don't feel bad. Like if if you wanted something as an adult, you would say, no, let's change this. This is it. I don't want my work schedule this way. I don't want this car. I don't want whatever. Like we've got to do those same things for our children. And when we have concerns, that they're being met or, you know, if you're working with somebody and I mean, I've, I've heard so many stories from parents, like the parent goes in to meet with the you know neurologist or to meet with the therapist or whatever. And they, it is just a bad experience from day one. And I am like, just go get an opinion. Not that you can, should hop around and get opinions, but that mm-hmm. if they're not hearing you, if they're not meeting what you need or what you're asking for, then you need to go find somebody else. You need to say, hey, can we can we try somebody else out? Maybe you're wrong. Maybe that was the best person in the world. But like, if you really have that feeling that it's not a good relationship, then you need to go ask for somebody else. And you can always ask for a second opinion. You know, if your PT is not doing things that you want them to do, then first of all, try to talk to them. Obviously, try to say, hey, like, I really want us to focus on walking more, standing more, whatever the case, or, you know, if... He could sit better. It would make our lives easier. Like bring those concerns so that you guys can have an actual conversation. If they can't meet your needs at that point in time, then I would say, okay, let's, let's maybe check out somebody else or somewhere else. Maybe you're wrong. We've had, you know, I think everybody has people that fire you, but you're going to always come across somebody that maybe it's not a good personality clash. But if you're feeling like they're just not listening to you, you need to get find somebody else that will listen to you. And like, it's completely okay to be like, these as as a parent, these are my priorities for my child. Definitely. Like, it's okay to be like, you know, I know you, let me think, let me give a good Benji example. Like, I, not necessarily for PT, but like for OT, I know 
our goals would be that Benji can use a large crayon or something and like draw a line. But that's not a priority for me because right now I need Benji to just simply play with toys. And, you know, like if he could color, great. But I think we got to start with like doing the toy first. And I've had that conversation with our OT and spelled out exactly what my family needs because, I mean, you know me and you know that like I do the goal setting stuff with you guys just for just for the <laughs> fact of having to do it, but I don't follow any of those goals. Like, I mean, to a point I do, but I also like want the goals to be things that make sense for my family. I think that as therapists, we definitely go into the picture like we want like top of the line. We want to be able to do everything. And if we can't meet something for a reason, like we want to know expectations. So as therapists, you want to know what our expectations like we should both on both sides like i'm literally looking at you and i on a screen i'm on one side you're on the other like both sides need to meet in the middle and figure out what goals what milestones are important for this age or this ability and then what goals at home also work for our lifestyle what we need so yes we all need to be on the same page so as a therapist my job is to kind of guide you where children at this age should be. However, if there is a medical condition or if we know there's like four surgeries coming up over the next, you know, nine months, we need to take that into account. So obviously we want to shoot for the stars. We want to achieve everything. Like there's no concerns at all. However, we need to kind of meet in the middle. And if you're like, you know what? I can tell you right now that we are not going to sit in the floor and play because that is just not what we do. Then we say, okay, where do you play? What do you, if it's more important, you know, for sake of anxiety and a child who may fall down, they don't want the kid to walk up and down the stairs because they would rather them crawl so that they know it's safer. I'm like, okay, that's where we're going to be. You tell me that that's where you want to be and we will make that goal. Now I'm going to educate you and my job is to tell you like you should be here or Maybe that's not going to be possible for these reasons, but we can kind of meet in the middle and meet everybody's goals and expectations. So what do we do if if it's not working with a therapist? Like whether it's personality clash or we don't feel like our child is thriving with that person. As a parent, what do you want us to do? Do we, you said first have a conversation, but do we, call and be like, dude, I don't like you. But I think <laughs> I think one thing is, is really trying to, again, speak up for yourself, speak up for your child, really trying to say, hey, can we really focus on this? Or you were here a couple of weeks ago and I wasn't really sure what you did about this or why are we focusing on? I think sometimes everybody gets in a rhythm of doing things and you just don't think to, okay, let me explain why we're doing this because I've already done it three other times today. But trying if they can't meet your expectations and explain why they're doing something or if you try to give them things that you're more concerned about and they're often left field somewhere focusing on something else then i would after you voice your concerns and there's no change then i would go to the service coordinator if they're in early intervention if you're an outpatient call the company and just say hey you know this is not working for x y and z and honestly it is good you're not getting people in trouble sometimes things just don't work However, no one knows what they don't know if somebody doesn't speak up. So, you know, unfortunately, 
if I come in and I'm focused on something else that's not anything of your concern and you don't tell me or you just sit there and agree with everything I'm saying, then I'm not going to know that that is not what you wanted to work on. You have no idea why I'm spending my hour there or why I'm come to see you every week or every other week. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know that you wanted to change. And I think sometimes that's hard. I think as a therapist, finding out after you've been with the family for six months and they're like, well, this never worked. And you're like, no, I thought it was working. I thought we were yeah. fine. And yeah. Obviously, you do get some inkling about it, but sometimes it's just you just don't know. And if it's just not working for you, it's is good. Go say something to somebody so that therapists can learn and grow. Like, I mean, I remember being a new grad and being like, I I am not sure. Like, what would I say to this parent or how would that affect me? But like, sometimes you just don't, you don't realize those things until somebody says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that, one of the things you and I have talked about, because Laurel, I got fired a lot is that sometimes like taking a break, whether that's coming from me as a parent saying we are tapped out Mm -hmm. right now and we need to take a break. But then also the therapist side of like your, your child is tapped out. You're like, I mean, with poor sweet Lorelai, like it got to the point, unfortunately you fired Lorelai on Lorelai's birthday. Bad timing. Bad timing. (laughs) Bad timing. However, you know, like, she was tired and her body was tired and it's a tough pill to swallow as a parent, whether that's because my child is declining or because when she was two, she just kept failing out of feeding therapy. Like, I mean, she just couldn't, she couldn't eat by mouth. And we kept trying and trying and trying. We were going into a clinic for that and it was twice a week and it was just too much. It's always a really awkward conversation of like, whether it's coming from the parent side of we need to take a break or whether it's coming from, is it awkward for you as a therapist? I think sometimes I'm surprised. I mean, I think sometimes I get a little surprised sometimes with some parents are like, we're good. And I'm like, because like if you gave me a couple more weeks or gave me a couple more months, we might be in a different situation. But, you know, my opinion is I should be working myself out of a job. I should not want to keep a child in therapy from the time they're born until the time that they're 18, 19, 20 years old, depending on where I'm at. My job is to give people the keys and the information so that they can help their child develop into whatever the case may be. So sometimes I think breaks are good. I think that sometimes we get to a point where it's like, you know what? You guys have it under control. You're doing a great job. You don't need to see me every week. So why don't we back it down? Why don't I come see you once a month? Maybe you still need those tips or need suggestions to go to the next level, but you don't need me here all the time. So some people feel like that's a little bit of like a punch in the gut kind of thing because it's like they don't need as many services. We don't need to be here. And even if they're kind of leveling out, like every child goes to we do great. We do great. We're climbing up this mountain. And then all of a sudden we are just sitting still and there's nothing that's going to change right now. You don't need me to come in all the time and tell you, or you don't need to come me all the time and tell me, tell you, okay, we'll keep working on X, Y, and Z. Cause I just said it last week and I just said it last month. There's no point. In that's it. where we were with feeding therapy. It was like every time she was like, just keep working on that because Laurel, I kind of just plateaued with it. But as a caregiver, It's really hard because in my mind, I'm like, but I need you to help me get her better, like over this plateau. 
And I remember like walking out going, okay, so if they're not going to help me with her feeding, like, is she not going to get better with this? Or are we just going to like decline at home? And I had to kind of change the narrative a little bit in my head and go, well, as an adult, like if you got to a point with physical therapy, let's say as an adult, because you got into a car accident and you needed physical therapy, like at a certain point, you can do those exercises at home without the therapist monitoring Mm -hmm. you. But then with it being my child who has never reached the level that her peers are, I feel like there's always that like, but we have to keep going. So I I definitely understand like as adults, we don't continue on therapy for months and months and years and years. And there's multiple reasons. It's insurance or we say, okay, you're a 60 year old person who is not going to improve any more than what you have due to your injuries. So with kids, it's a matter of like, okay, let's get them to a point and when they're going to plateau. Let's give the parents a few more visits to say, okay, here's what you're going to keep working on. When they get to this point, you're going to keep working on this. Call me up in six months. Or like if in three mm-hmm. months you're like, oh my goodness, they're they're setting themselves up now. They're trying to pull the stand. I don't know what to do. What do I do? Please come back out and help me. I think that it is okay to step back and say, you know what? This is where we're at right now. Let's go enjoy life. Let's go have fun and use these skills that we have and enjoy things versus always sitting here going to therapy. I think a lot of people, and this is like medical community in general, like they say, oh, this child has cerebral palsy. They need to go to therapy twice a week and they need PTOT and speech, you know, every single week and the parents get used to i go to pt at eight o'clock on monday and wednesday i go to ot on tuesday and friday like it becomes a dependency thing not because the parents can't do it but it's like the expectation that was set forth however at some point in time our goal again should be to get everybody to their best functional level or their most independent level if that means like you know what we've done therapy for about six months we're in a good spot we don't necessarily need to do this right now call me back in six months we're not stopping we're just saying you've got this under control you don't need me right now to to be there to give you the same suggestions every single time come back tell me what to do next and we'll go from there or like i'll tell people sometimes like you know it, when they ha- when they grow three or four inches, call me then because what will happen yeah. is kids will decline because their bodies are changing, they're getting they're getting longer, and maybe their muscle strength is not staying with them. So we're just gonna blame Benji's height on the fact that he's not progressing. He's all different. <laughs> he's a whole different yeah. animal. He's a bear. <laughs> but I do think it's the responsibility of the therapist is that we need to. Kind of tell the parents, like, day one, when you come in, my job is not to be here with you for the next 15 years, for the next five years, for the next 25 years. Like, my job is to make you as functional as possible and get you out into the, you know, community doing things. Like, okay, yes, maybe you can't go play baseball or soccer with the Little League, but we can find you something you can do and that you guys do enjoy because your whole life should not revolve around we have this appointment, this appointment, this appointment. It should be there's breaks in times. Like we have families that are scared to death to go on vacation because they're scared that they're going to miss a week worth of therapy. I'm like, 
It's okay. Like those memories are more important or like in Lorelai's case, like at some point in time, we had to be like, you know what? We got to go. We got to go make memories. We got to remember and cherish what we have. Me sitting in your house telling you what to do when it's not necessarily improving right now. We got, we got to kind of make a decision and make sure everybody's okay with it. We're still there. Like, I mean, I have people call me up six months, two months, two years later and say, Hey, what about XYZ? I'm like, we'll try this or try that and then come back to me. Or call I think back. too, part of the scare also, and I know it's different with every company and it's going to be different across the country, but one of the fears that I have when I've pulled out of whether it's a doctor's, you know, like instead of going every other week or therapy is that it's really hard to get appointments. And if I pull back on one like in six months am i gonna be able to get back in i know that's gonna be different with every company but from a parent's perspective that's one of my fears is that if i'm like look we just need once a month instead and then if benji needs more services are we gonna be able to convince insurance are we gonna and it's a headache all the way around yeah definitely usually definitely in this case medical needs are significant and usually it's not that difficult to get therapy Sometimes it is difficult, depending on the insurance, to continue stuff. So sometimes we have to tell families, like, we need to take a break for like three or four months because right now insurance doesn't see the point of us doing this. So that was how it was with feeding. They wanted insurance kept like requesting more and more information on like why she wasn't getting better, quote unquote. And yeah. So like sometimes it can be from both sides. I think the big thing is, is like when you're ready to take a break or when the therapist is taking a break that you really discuss, like, what's the next five steps? What should we do? When should we call you back? Like, sometimes I'll tell families like, hey, they they look really good right now or where you wanted to be. Like, call me back if X, Y, and Z doesn't happen over the next few months. I love that you'd say yeah, let's make a plan to talk in two months or three months. Like, let's make a plan to touch base because that feels far less open-ended than right. like, Godspeed, you're on your own, figure this out. Well, yeah. and we have some families that like, they will do outpatient services through the school year because they'll just do, you know, schools, school yeah. can be a lot. Going to school, we have doctor's appointments, we've got other kids, whatever the case may be. So like some families will literally call us like a month or two before school gets out and they're like, Hey, I'm ready to get back in. When can you get me back in? And then they'll just be in therapy for like the eight weeks that they've got out for summer kind of thing. Making sure that it's working with your life. If you feel like you're stressed out because you're going to therapy all the time, like at some point in time, something's got to give because that's that's not like regardless of what position you're in, that's not the way things are meant to be. So I think sometimes making those decisions of like, Speech, really, what we what do we need to focus on more? Is it speech or PT? Okay, if it's speech, then we're going to stop PT and we can talk, you know, that PT can talk to that speech therapist and say, hey, can you work on X, Y, and Z while y'all are doing your speech therapy? Yeah. We're going to take a quick break so that I can tell you a little bit about our sponsor. Thank you, Kim and Children's Therapy Concepts for being not only a guest today, but a sponsor of this episode and more episodes to come. I'm so grateful for you. A little bit about what Children's Therapy Concepts LLC is about. CTC boasts that they are a team of dedicated, enthusiastic professional therapists and staff 
who have extensive knowledge and experience in the areas of physical, occupational, speech, and feeding therapy. In addition to childhood behavior and development as a whole, they don't just treat these children for one thing, they like to treat as an entire team. CTC seeks to promote carryover in all of the areas of development. I can tell you that for both of my children, CTC has always looked at at the big picture, which is kind of hard with a rare disease kiddo, but the therapists that we have had with CTC have always looked at what is best to serve my kiddos. The parent education is an integral part of their program, and we're about to dive into that a little bit more in the rest of this interview. CTC believes in the importance of implementing functional therapeutic activities and exercises beyond the therapy session with the partnership of caregivers in the child's home and community settings. I have had them come out to my house for both of my kids and they've taught hands-on things like how to use equipment that isn't really equipment, but like couch cushions and things that are around my, a laundry basket for PT, like all the things that are lying around my house They've taught me how to use and implement in ways that I don't need the fancy schmancy equipment that's in a clinic. Makes it so much easier for us to implement the training and the teaching that they they coach us on in our home. As a privately run, local, woman-owned and operated business, CTC is proud to have multiple office locations across the state of Virginia. Chesapeake, Franklin, and Salem are their current offices, and there's one more opening very soon. You can learn more about Children's Therapy Concepts on their website, childrenstherapyconcepts.com. If you have questions, you can call them at 757-776-3088, or you can email at admin at childrenstherapyconcepts.com. Again, thank you so much, Kim and CTC, for being a sponsor of this episode. Now back to the show. So I kind of want to circle back to the coaching model. I saw something recently on Instagram um, shared by a therapist friend that we both know, but it said in reference to the augmentative communication device, like, why is my child not progressing with this? And then the answer was like, well, when your child only has access to their tablet twice a month when I'm there, it hit me hard because Benji is not doing better with like the dude is excellent at playing games on his Toby Talker. However, when Miss Cat comes in and does, you know, all of the words on the screen with him, he does okay. And I like I read whatever that meme was and I was like, oh, like, yes, she does so good with him twice a month in person with the Toby Talker. But there's 28 other days of the month. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I don't. And part of it is because I'm tapped out. Part of it is like the priority thing again. And our priority right now with Benji is more physical than speech. But from a coaching perspective, it's super important slash it has to happen in general, mm-hmm. whether you're coaching or not, that you're teaching the parents how to do this and how to incorporate it into everyday our daily life. activities. Instead of yeah. just like I have so many parents um, and I was actually just explaining to one family the other day. The mom's like, I'm really concerned because I feel like he just gets super frustrated when we're trying to make um, a walk. And I was like, 
well, because you only practice it right here in these four walls, let's make it a routine of, okay, we're walking to the kitchen or, you know, even if we're crawling, like if a kid only thinks they have 10 feet to crawl, they're going to get frustrated. It's kind of like us when we're stuck in one room, like we're, we get frustrated. So just making things a part of your everyday life, like, yes, there may be five things that your therapist gave you. And if you can only focus on two of those five things, that is completely okay. But make sure that those two of five things are being done multiple times a day, not just, or at least once a day, you know, not just on Monday and two weeks from today on Friday kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely sat with me and I pondered it and I messaged her with all of the, like the knife in the chest. Like I, as a parent, I could be doing this more. But then I also appreciate when the therapist is like, I see what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, you are doing good. You could be doing more, sure. But, like, I know you have a life, too. And I know that, like, you're working. You're taking care of your kids. You're juggling all of this. Like, we have to have realistic expectations. And I think we as therapists have to have realistic expectations, knowing how much you have on your plate kind of thing like i've had families that are just like it's not being done i'm like okay why is it not being done i just i don't care about it it's not important or we just don't have time for it because we went to five doctor's appointments this week okay mm -hmm. what can we do to incorporate what i'm telling you to do into what you're already doing kind of thing so it's mm -hmm. not it doesn't feel like it's extra work or homework everybody's like what's my homework I'm like i have no homework just go go do what you're supposed to be doing when you're already doing something but see as a caregiver we do really well with lists. Schedules. We do really yes. well with like, give me three tasks. We will get this shit done. That's why we ask for homework, because like I can't handle the whole list of everything you just talked about in the last 45 minutes. But if you give me two things mm -hmm. or one thing that I'm supposed to work on in the next two weeks, like that's helpful on my end, because I can't do 10 things for speech, 10 things for physical therapy, 10 things for occupational therapy. Like, I can't do all of it. So as a mom, like, give me my homework. Well, but and I'll ask families that. I'll be like, what, what yeah. do you do better with? Do you, do you do better if I tell you they need X amount of hours of tummy time? Or do you want me to say, mm. do it 10 times a day for 15 minutes each time? People, Some people are like, I need you to tell me how many times to do it. I'm like, okay, do it 15 times a day, five minutes each yeah. time. Like, that's fine. Or I've got on the flip side, they're like, how many times a day should be walking? How many feet should they be walking? I'm like, let's walk. Every time you go to that high chair, you go to change their diaper. Let's, let's walk there. Let's crawl there. Let's mm -hmm. roll there. Whatever the case may be. So again, it's kind of meeting people where they are and what they need. I've got some people, if I gave them more than one thing, they would be like deer in headlights and we're not doing that. I mean, I've had mental breakdowns with all of our therapists. I remember. The listeners will at some point meet Kate, but like Kate was pretty new and I'm just like sobbing because I'm like, I can't do all the things you want me to do. It's just possible. And it was like the breaking point for me and realizing that I needed to communicate on my end exactly what was best for my family. And it wasn't personal. It was that I just pushed myself to a point I should have done it far sooner. Like, hey, this isn't working right now. Or, hey, I just need, I need you to tell me one thing. And Benji still at three and a half years old says he does not want to do tummy time. So um, we there's just that. Improvise. We find other things to do. <laughs> but I mean, I do think a lot of it's communication, just communicating about what you want, what you need, 
where you're at. If you're like, you know what? I, this summer, want to go hang out by the pool and take my kid there and enjoy that. By all means, I will tell you some stuff to do in the pool and you guys go have fun and you give me a call when we're ready to start back up. Mm -hmm. No, I, I love that. Okay, so as we wrap up, can you tell us a little bit about if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to compare, you know, your practice to another, if they're local, where are your offices? And all of your contact information will be in the show notes so you don't have to share your phone number or anything. That will be down there. And then can we briefly touch on like if they're not local and they're listening, should people just like call up a therapy office and be like, hey, I, my kid needs therapy? What do we do? So if your child's under the age of three, I highly recommend early intervention. I really think that little kids don't do as well in office settings. So early intervention is really the way to go. When it comes to that, it's also that coaching model. It's in your home, so you don't have to feel like you need to go get 7,000 toys. So you can definitely look up Virginia Early Intervention or whatever state you're in. They all have some sort of early intervention, infant and toddler program, birth for three. And then you can contact them and they can set you up with whatever community that you're in. Um, Should you go to your pediatrician first or? So you, with the early intervention programs, you do not have to. Okay. You do not have to have a doctor's recommendation. Usually what they will do is they will follow back up with the doctor and get the signatures that they need and that sort of thing. If you are over the age of three or if you're getting early intervention and maybe want to add another service, you can look, you can definitely Google offices close to you for you could either put the diagnosis in you could say physical occupation or speech therapy and then any pediatric places near you would pop up you can find out from like local hospitals places that they often use a lot of times hospitals refer back to hospitals which is not necessarily a bad thing but sometimes they do leave out smaller companies or outside choices, because some hospitals can really have long wait lists. So sometimes checking mm -hmm. into other ideas is always good. In the end, for us, for Children's Therapy Concepts, we have a website, childrenstherapyconcepts.com. You can check that out. And then we also have offices in Chesapeake, Franklin, and Salem, Virginia. So you can contact us, and we can kind of set you up. You don't necessarily have to have the script sent to us. We will kind of backpedal and get that stuff done. If you're being seen somewhere else and you just want to change, or if you are looking for therapy services now, and then you can contact us and we will help you navigate what you need. So here's a question. Why is it not like dating where you can like meet a therapist, find out if you guys mesh, not you, not like me and you, but like you and my kid, right? Like, why can't we swipe left or right if this works? Like, Really? Because um, it comes down to scheduling and there's a million people that need therapy and there's a lot of ongoing lists and that sort of thing. What I usually recommend is honestly give a therapist a few visits. If you meet them for the first time and everything about the whole situation is telling you that you don't like it, they're not listening, whatever the case may be, then ask to change therapists. However, mm -hmm. typically, I would say give everybody a, a few visits kind of thing. If you feel like after a few visits, you've tried to talk to them, you've tried to ask questions, you're trying to get results or whatever, and it's not going that direction, then I would say go check out somebody else. But yeah, there's just not enough therapists in the world that we could just go meet and greet kind of thing. I would say the best, honest, like 
referral source would be parents of other children who have been in therapy and who they like and who they're with and, you know, how can they get in with that therapist? I would say Mm -hmm. we oftentimes have families come in and say, hey, I'm getting OT with you and we need speech. And I've heard that X, Y, and Z is a really good speech therapist. Can we get with them kind of thing? Or even asking your current therapist, like, even though there's a lot of companies around, sometimes we will refer to other therapists outside of our company or refer to another therapist in early intervention and say, hey, if you're really looking for this, that's who I would go with. Okay. And another question that came to mind is like the wait list. Now, I know, like you mentioned that hospitals sometimes have very long wait lists and they don't refer out to smaller companies as frequently because they like to keep it in house. Mm -hmm. But as a parent or a caregiver or a medical mom or whatever we are, I know it's frustrating on your end that if there's a wait list, it's frustrating for you because that means there's not enough therapists or there's too many kids or like the ratio is off. But like as a parent, like what are we supposed to do for six months as we wait? I mean, in my case, six months of my child's life is a very large fraction of their life. So what do we do? Go find other locations, like look them up, ask other families, like even hospitals have lists of other therapy companies and that sort of thing. So I would definitely go back to your pediatrician, ask your friends, look on the internet kind of thing, and just try Mm -hmm. to find other companies. I mean, we've got families who go to the hospital for one service and come for to us for another service because the wait list was too long for one of them. Mm-hmm. or like maybe they were going for a little while for one service and then wanted a change because they weren't super happy with whatever and they came to us for that that service but they saw another service at yeah. the hospital so sometimes we just have to get creative yeah, yeah. well yeah and again waiting Six months for anybody for services, you know. Yeah. It's it's a long time. And that's a huge fraction of time that you're missing that the child could be developing, doing more, but you've missed a huge lapse of time. Well, especially like young humans, like Mm -hmm. in those growing years. I mean, six months for me, I still haven't brushed my hair, but like six months for a kid, that's like really important time. So, yeah, it's as a parent, I've have friends who are running into this like not just with therapy as far as like your therapies go but like um mental health therapies for Mm -hmm. their children and i mean mental health therapy right now the wait is like nine to 12 months and that's just hard when i mean your kid needs help right now so also just check about alternative you know like telehealth is a huge thing now you know, mm-hmm. for everything, physical, occupational, speech therapy, but even mental health. Like, no, it may not be the optimal idea or you may want more, but sometimes even that will at least give you a way to get started. I've yeah. had families who are like, we can't make it into the office for X, Y, and Z reasons. Or, we, you know, we've got too many other appointments. So I'm like, okay, well, we could do telehealth. Maybe our sessions won't make it to an hour just because it is very taxing. Mm-hmm. but. I can at least give you some ideas and that will get you started. And then we can meet up again next week or in two weeks or whatever. And we can see what's progressed and what's not. And I can give you other ideas. Like I had a session the other day. The child was pretty much asleep the whole time. But mom and I sat there for an entire hour talking about equipment that I thought he needed, things that I thought he needed, what we could maybe do. She told me what they were doing. I gave her suggestions about other things. And she said, okay, we'll try 
So mm-hmm. we, she didn't get a lot of visuals kind of thing, but she at least mm-hmm. got some suggestions that she could try. So something is better than nothing as long as you yeah. feel like it's being beneficial. Awesome. Kim, we wrap up every episode with a question. What gives you hope? I have to say the thing that I love about my job and the thing that gives me the most hope and knowing that we're doing a good job, that we're meeting the families and where they're at and the parents and the kids are progressing and that sort of thing is like everybody counts those small milestones. Everybody's looking for their kid to, to walk, talk, run, all that sort of thing, eat all sorts of foods, but it's the little mild things, the little things that happen where parents are like, yeah, that was awesome. This is what we've been waiting for kind of thing. Because we've worked so, so hard, hard for him for to it. hold his head up while he's on his tummy. And when he finally does it, it's like, bam. We just climbed Mount Everest. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, was, that was Benji's version of Mount Everest. Right. Yeah. So a dad gives me hope that every every family has that. Even kiddos who are, are typically developing or maybe not as medically complex. Like everybody's got that little glimmer where they're like man i didn't think this was gonna happen or i didn't think this was gonna happen that fast so that's definitely something that gives me hope and makes me want to continue helping families and meeting them where they're at awesome well thank you for being here and all of kim's information is going to be in our show notes so you can get in touch and if people have questions for kim for anything if if people have questions about therapy we can talk about it in the when autumn comes society and i can pass it on or kim can come back i'd love to hear what you guys think and if you guys have questions or you want a therapist perspective like we have somebody we can turn to so kim thank you for being here and sharing thank you for having me there you go guys how cool is it to be able to sit down and hear things from the therapist perspective and not the tone of Miss Rachel. No offense, love me some Miss Rachel. She is a staple in our home. But it was just really cool to be able to talk one-on-one and hear about her perspective. I am also just excited to be back behind the microphone for a little bit because it's been a hot minute and I appreciate all of y'all and your patience as we trickle out our episodes this year. Thank you again to Kim for being our guest, but also thank you to Children's Therapy Concepts for being today's episode sponsor. Y'all can learn more about CTC at childrenstherapyconcepts.com. Remember, they are located across the state of Virginia. They have four office locations, Chesapeake, Franklin, Salem, and one more coming soon. The phone number for CTC is 757-776-776. 3088. I feel like I should be like, you know, when we were in the 90s and we'd leave voicemails and we'd repeat phone numbers because they weren't calling on a cell phone and we didn't have caller ID. I feel like I should repeat that phone number. So CTC, childrenstherapyconcepts.com. In case you're writing this down, it's also in the show notes, which is basically the equivalent of caller ID, but I'm still going to repeat the phone number. 757-776-3088. I could give you the fax number too, but I really don't think you're going to be faxing them. If you are, let me know. (laughs) I'll get you their fax number. Thank you guys for listening. This is Suze and I am going to go get ready because we are moving into our hot pink headquarters for the Apricity Hope Project this week and I'm super excited. So um, 
I got, I got so much to do. Thanks for being here. Thank you to CTC and y'all stay hopeful. Bye.